Today on the show, I'll share key insights from Bain & Company's 2023 Global Private Equity Report, including the new buildup of dry powder, exit pressures that GPs face, and the cash crunch being faced by LPs, and when they'll feel like they can get out of jail and get deal-making and GPs back on track. I'm Hugh MacArthur, Chairman of Bain's Global Private Equity Practice, and this is Dry Powder. Deal-making activity has really become a little bit Keynesian. It's kind of been a tale of two halves of the calendar year. During the 18 months of 2021 and into 2022, deal-making was really going at an absolutely torrid clip. And frankly, we were on the same pace for the first six months of 2022. But then the Federal Reserve stepped in and fired what I'll call the shot heard around the world, which was a 75 basis point interest rate increase in June of 2022. And I think that really turned a lot of dealmakers' eyes towards not only what inflation and what interest rates were going to do to private equity markets, but also what a myriad of other macro factors might do. Obviously, we have a war in Europe. Commodity price spikes were concerning. Supply chain disruptions were concerning. Financial market instability was a big problem as stock markets bounced all over the place and credit markets reverberated with a lot of concern over where real economies were going. You say the word recession, and that is one word that will cause deal making to pause almost immediately, which is frankly what we saw in a lot of markets. So what all of that uncertainty really drove was the banks beginning to pull back before any real negative data around whether deals were losing money. And when the banks pull back, what that means is the big deals aren't getting done. When I talk with clients or other folks knowledgeable about the market, we talk a lot about uncertainty really being the big problem here. It's not that there is inflation. It's not that interest rates have increased to levels we haven't seen in 15 or 20 years. It's not that any of the things that are going on with supply chains or other macro factors that I've referenced have never happened before. It's that we don't know when they're going to stop and we don't know where they're going to end up. And when you have that level of uncertainty, it's very hard to project with any amount of confidence what a given asset is going to do and therefore what you can underwrite in terms of risk as well as what value levers you can underwrite and be certain that you're going to be able to achieve them. That more than anything else began a slowdown in deal making at the back end of 2022. In fact, the slowdown became more pronounced in the fourth quarter and in the first quarter of 2023. Now, this is against a backdrop of having a tremendous run in fundraising over the course of the past seven to 10 years. In fact, for about the last half a dozen years, the private equity markets writ large have witnessed over a trillion dollars of new funds committed every single year, which is an absolutely monumental figure. And when you combine that with a slowdown in the deal markets, what we have now is a record level accumulation of dry powder sitting at about $3.7 trillion with $1 trillion of that earmarked for buyouts alone and 2.7 trillion earmarked for other forms of private capital. The continued trend for other private asset classes to gain share of the market is still palpable. While global dry powder for buyouts increased an impressive 20% since 2017, venture capital has been up 105% during the same period. Growth equity up about 60%, infrastructure 45%, Secondary is 25%, and even distressed for those that have been waiting for it, is up 55%. So buyouts are absolutely a robust market for fundraising and have been. 20% is nothing to sneeze at over a four- to five-year period, but the other private asset classes are gaining on them. 
the good news, if you're looking for a silver lining, is that the industry has plenty of firepower to invest against good opportunities. People are waiting to just understand where some of these macro factors are going to shake out. And it's when some of these factors stabilize, I think that's when we're going to see new investments go back to much more normative levels, maybe not the 2021 go-go period where we're seeing a trillion dollars worth of deals being done in a year, but certainly healthy markets of 2019, 2018, 2017, et cetera, where about a half a trillion dollars in deals being done should be very possible once this settles out. Now, a slowdown in deal-making has had another cascading effect on the exit market. We found that in the second half of 2022, exits dropped to less than 50% of the levels of just six months prior, the beginning half of the year. And so with exits really at such anemic levels, it's become very challenging for LPs to be able to continue to fund new GPs coming to market asking for re-ups. And obviously, it caused even more concern on the part of LPs for what they were going to be facing in 2023. And that has had another cascading effect onto fundraising. Recently, it's come under the most intense pressure that I have seen since coming out of the last Great Recession. And that pressure is really being driven by two factors. The first big factor is a cash crunch. The velocity of capital in the private equity industry really accelerated during the late 20-teens and into 2020. So GPs, instead of coming back every four years and asking for maybe 20 or 30% more funds for a larger vehicle, they're coming back every one to two years and they're asking for 50% more. The problem when you get a rapid capital cycle is that if something causes it to stop, you wind up being cash constrained. And that's exactly what we've seen for a lot of LPs. The other impact, of course, is GPs holding assets longer. So if you look back at a typical recession, GPs could be holding on average an asset a year or two longer than they otherwise might be. And that extra year or two means for an LP, I'm writing checks, but I'm not getting checks back during that period. And it really throws their cash flow modeling out of whack. That's factor number one, and it's the biggest factor. Factor number two is something called the denominator effect, which we were talking about about 10 years ago. Haven't heard much about it since then with all of the public market run-ups. But with many, many public markets being off as much as 20% in 2022, we did not see a concurrent downward mark in the private markets. So even if you didn't put another dime into the private equity industry, your allocation percentage to private assets went up merely by virtue of the fact that the public valuations went down by so much and the private valuations did not. Now, most LPs have a hard limit on how much they're going to allocate to private equity. And once you hit or exceed that limit, you cannot make any new commitments. Some LPs are able to get around that by increasing the amount of commitment level and getting approvals to do that, but many do not. And they pull back for a period of time until they understand really where are private asset valuations going. Private markets generally take longer to be marked to market than public assets do. And generally speaking, the fourth quarter mark is the one that is the audited mark. And that is what the industry looks most closely at to understand what they think fair value really is for the private assets that they hold. So I've got a cash crunch, I've got valuation uncertainty and denominator impact pressures, and that's causing LPs to really only make commitments where they feel like they're forced to, to the absolute best managers, their best relationships that are in the market that are really driving the bulk of their returns. The last area I'll just touch on are returns. Returns have continued to perform quite well. 
by that, I mean realized returns, but the unrealized returns have actually held up well in the face of many public assets being marked down. Now, we'll see as more and more marks come out in future quarters, how well those private valuations hold up. But I think there is some reason for optimism. If you want to take the glass half full view of where returns might be going, there was a tremendous amount of concern coming out of the recession in 2009 and 2010 that returns for many of the vintage years prior to that were going to be negative. As it turned out, those vintage years are around 10% average IRR. So the big lesson GPs learned coming out of the Great Recession is to hold on to an asset almost at any cost and keep working it, keep working it, and wait until the financial markets ameliorate and the GDP gets back on the right track, and you'll be able to get a positive return for LPs and other stakeholders. The second reason why there is optimism for returns when these assets are finally sold is that if you believe that the industry learned something from the Great Recession, they've been investing in different types of assets that are more macro shock resilient during the course of the past 10 years. So when I talk to GPs that invest a lot in, say, software, and ask them, you know, well, why are the software assets that you have not marked down as much as we see in the public markets? The answer I tend to get is, Hugh, we're not investing in Facebook. We're investing in B2B mission critical software, things like compliance, regulatory issues, and taxes. Sure, we may have slowing growth over time, but we're not fundamentally worried about what we've underwritten because we've been thinking about subsectors that are resilient in uncertain or volatile economic times. And so whether you look into software or healthcare or financial services, or even in some of the industrial and building products and services areas, investors that I speak with are relatively confident that they've been putting their money to work in areas that are going to withstand a certain level of recessionary activity or macro shock. Now, obviously, that's going to be put to the test, and we're all going to find out when these assets are sold whether or not the returns are as rosy as we all hope they are. But in the absence of a black swan economic event, there is nothing fundamentally broken in the private equity industry right now. Most dealmakers that we speak with are so optimistic that they feel if anything happens to disrupt deal markets for the long term, it won't be a macroeconomic factor. It'll be a geopolitical factor. Absent that, Dealmakers are confident that there'll be a return to dealmaking, a return to healthy exits, a return to healthy fundraising, and continued excess returns delivered to LPs and other stakeholders in the near term rather than the long term. If you'd like to read the full 2023 private equity report, click on the link in the episode notes. There are many more interesting topics in the report, trends that I would call leading edge rather than leading edge, because we're really trying to peer farther out into the future and see what GPs are really excited about, including the great energy transition, is Web3 for real, and the counterintuitive one on inflation and what the solve for that really is. Hint, it's market share gain. I'm Hugh MacArthur. Thank you for listening.